Welcome to the Mompreneur Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Moran. Just like you, I'm a mom entrepreneur on a mission to live a present and productive life, to be around for all the moments with my kids while also following my dreams and passions. Join me each week as I uncover a new tip or trick that will help you live your life just as you want and with as much ease as possible. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, my amazing mompreneurs. Welcome back to the Mompreneur Guide podcast. Today, I have my good friend, Allison Hardy with me. If you don't already know who amazing Allison is, she is not only a mom to her two beautiful kiddos, Camden and Nora, and a wife to her husband, Tier, but she is also the founder and funnels and lead strategist at the Six Figure Mompreneur. She is on a mission to help mompreneurs life-proof and scale their businesses through the power of systems and automations. And Allison is doing just that by helping these coaches, experts, and consultants create their first six-figure funnel to sell more of their course and or membership on part-time hours. I mean, it's absolutely genius, the work that she does. Allison and I have become good friends over the past year, and I am always in awe of her zone of genius because, ladies, she knows how to make funnels work for you. She doesn't just talk the talk, but she also walks the walk. And not to mention, she is a wealth of knowledge with the kindest soul to share it all. You know, I could just gush about you all day, (laughs) but I will stop myself here so we can not only learn the secret sauce to uplevel our current sales process, but also first and foremost, so we can hear how you started in your mompreneurship journey. So let's start there. Elson, can you share where you started on this entrepreneurship ride and how you got to where you are today? Yeah. Well, first, thank you. That was like the nicest intro I've ever had in my entire life. So thank you for that. (laughs) My mompreneur journey started when I was six months pregnant with Camden, who is now eight. And I got laid off from my college teaching job. I had all the right things. I had the degrees. I was tenure track at the age of 25. Super proud of that. And then one minute it was there. And then the next minute it was gone. And, um, shocker, (laughs) spoiler alert. I had no maternity leave. Um, that like, wasn't something that we had and our goal might, what we were going to do, what we had planned and scrimped and saved for was that I was going to work up until the day I had Camden, I was going to be able to take five weeks off. And then I was going to go back to work. So me getting laid off at six months pregnant did not work. The money did not work. Mm -hmm. Um, and the worst thing about this whole thing was that I got laid off in April and all the jobs for teaching hired in March. So I wasn't going to have another job at least for like a year and a half. And, and another spoiler alert, college level art jobs, I, I taught studio art, aren't exactly common. So, you know, like the, it was just, it was a bad situation. So I came home that night and I bawled my eyes out. I bawled for about a week. Let's, let's own that. Um, and then I was like, you know what? we're going to do this. I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had this like super part-time side hustle, uh, where I would, uh, I was a fitness coach. I would personally train my friends in my backyard every Saturday morning. Uh, we would have mimosas afterwards. It was delightful. And I was like, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's do this thing. Let's go full force into online entrepreneurship. I have to, I need to, we can't like afford for me not to make money. We have no savings. Like we were very much living paycheck to paycheck. And that's how it all started. Started with this dream of having the side hustle, turning it into a full-time business and um, through lots of trial and error and pivots and shifts and refocusing. That's how I've ended up here. (laughs) I don't think I actually knew that part of your story. I don't know if we've ever talked about that before. I think it's so interesting that you were a teacher 
I feel like mm-hmm. everybody I have been talking to lately who is in this space, they were teachers and then they came in here, which only makes sense because you're still teaching. You just have found a different yeah. or more specific topic mm-hmm. and it only makes sense why you're so good at what you do. And it's so cool that you do studio art. Cause I know I remember seeing on your website that you had something about like you did art or there was something on the side there that I noticed. I was like, Oh, that's cool. I didn't know the background story of it. I think that yeah. is amazing too. And as we're recording this, I see all the beautiful artwork from your kids. And it only makes sense that you have cultivated that kind of space because you will not find that in my house. Cause I am not that, I'm not that artsy. And I wish that I could give them that, but that is not my zone of genius, but I'm curious to know. So you said you started, like you were thrown into this, yeah. you started as a part-time fitness instructor in your backyard with the mimosas, which I love. So then how did it get to where you are now doing funnels? Like I know I can attest for years of doing different types of pivots and stuff, but tell us a little bit about those breadcrumbs from fitness to funnels. Yeah. So I had lots of personal training friends. I had lots of, you know, nutritionists. I had some like intermittent fasting professionals, like strength training, postnatal, prenatal fitness. I got lots of like just connections. And I always heard about network marketing and I was like, oh, pyramid scheme. (laughs) It's fake. It's not real. Uh, And then I found a company that I was like, these products are kind of awesome. I'd already used them. And so I was like, well, why don't I just make money off of using them? Like, cool. So I was able to partner with that company to come alongside of my personal training services and offer like nutritional supplements. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of was like, Hey friends, who wants to do this thing with me? And I onboarded like eight team members in like two weeks. And I rank advanced really quickly and the residual income, like let's own it. The residual income with network marketing is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got really good at that. And so I rank advanced really quickly. I was able to replace my teaching salary in the three months before Camden was born through that partnership, oh which is great God. and awesome. And it sounds really sexy on paper. Um, but as like fast as I went up, I came crashing down after Camden was born. I had postpartum depression, really bad. Um, I was also working like 16 hour days, like not Mm -hmm. like 10 day old yoga pants, like the stereotypical hot mess mom. That was me. Mm -hmm. Camden like didn't sleep. And so like it all just kind of like, I couldn't sustain it. There was no way I could sustain that. So as fast as it came up, it came crashing down. And I just remember one day I was sitting at coffee with one of my friends and generally I'm not the type of person who like leaves the house with like messy hair and greasy hair and no makeup. Like I like to like put myself together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I was a mess. And she, she just looked at me and she was like, girl, I don't know like what you need to do, but like, this doesn't work for you. This doesn't work anymore. Like you're, you're like a shell of yourself. And she was, I know like life has been really hard. I know you've had lots of stuff thrown at you, but like, you got to do something about this. And she was like, what do you, she's, and she was, she was totally blunt with me. She was like, I know that you say you like the, the network marketing partnership. She's like, I know that you like claim that you love it. She's like, but you don't really love the partnership. What you love is your team and it's mentoring your team because I had some really fast success with that. I had someone like leave their nine to five and someone was able to like retire their husband and like the, that time we had together. And she's like, you're really strategic. She's like, I don't know if you've realized this yet, but like you can map out things really fast. And she was like, I feel like fitness is just like the vehicle to get you there. And she's like, so what if you just like shut the whole personal training thing down and did the business thing? She's I think that's really what you're good at. And she's like, being one of your clients, I think you're a good personal trainer. I don't think you're a great personal trainer. And at first I was like, oh, how dare you say that? (laughs) And then I was like, all right, you're right. Like I was fine at it, but I wasn't great at it. Um, 
so that's, that's how the pivot started was her. And so I sent out an email to my business contacts and I was like, Hey, doing one-on-one coaching who wants to work with me for six weeks. And I was fully booked in like a week. And so that's how it started. Right. So I've got to ask you about that offer. So you so quickly pivoted and you're like, okay, well then I'll just help them with the business coaching. So then what were you offering when you decided to make that <laughs> pivot where you're just like, hi, I'll help you in your business or, you know, cause you hadn't obviously landed on funnels yet. How did you determine that? Or what did you go with to start? Yeah. I worked all with fitness professionals because I knew okay. that space. And so what we did is we worked on messaging, we worked on social media strategy. We worked on like emails, but like weekly newsletter type of emails, nothing really with lead magazine or anything like that. Um, and then just getting people into like group fitness programs or working with them one-on-one. So it was very much so a lot of live stuff. Everything was live. Nothing was automated quite yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but through all of that, I realized, Hey, we're all moms and Hey, we've got lives and like kids get sick and husbands travel and all the things that happens with mom life. Like we got to put some systems in here. So I started testing it myself first. Um, and of course, you know, this has evolved, but like started testing it myself first. I started really leaning into automations and then people started asking me about it. So then I started coaching them on that. And then the one-on-one got bigger and more robust and moved over into group and membership and mm-hmm. mastermind. <laughs> I love it. I think what's really interesting, you know, I'm all about authority building and like, how can we become that recognized resource in our space? But I agree with you. There's something about doing it sustainably and building. And that's what I talk about a lot. And I think the first thing that you think about with authority is that, you know, like, and trust them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting to hear that you stayed in that fitness space. And I'd be curious to know your thoughts on you converted so many people so quickly for that one-on-one. Would you say it's because they already knew you in that space and they trusted you? And so I was like, oh yeah, I've seen her do this thing. Sure. Help me. I love her. Yeah. 100%. So, uh, when I was able to rank in advance so quickly that whenever that network marketing company, uh, showcased me. So they did like an interview, uh, and they just, you know, I was like kind of their, their person in an email one day. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had a lot of people, I gained a lot of Instagram followers as a result of that. I had a lot of people reach out to me and with that network marketing partnership, I wasn't able to coach people who aren't aren't on my team. That's, it was like against the contract that I signed. So when I left that, it opened up the doors to that. So I had a lot of people from that partnership who I couldn't coach at that time be like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready. Like I want that mentorship. And then other, you know, people in the, in network marketing, but in different companies, they would come to me. Um, and so, yeah, the authority for sure was built because I experienced that success first. And then I was able to help people duplicate that success. I think that's a really great point. Um, I was listening to my mentor and one of her replay calls today. And the phrase that keeps sticking in my head all day is I go first. Yeah. I go sure. first when I go and I do something and whatever it is, whether it's a scary jump, like up leveling your authority or, you know, doing a new funnel or whatever it is when you go first and you do it, then like it all can follow after that. So I love how that plays in there. So talk to us then about how we know your past and we know how you got into this space of funnels and automation. Although I am curious of how you stumbled upon it besides, you know, you said you were just trying to make things easier for you. Um, but then talk to us about what you've uncovered in that, in that trial and error, because I know that you have uncovered this whole system that I don't hear anybody else talking about, which is habit-based funnels and Mm -hmm. how not just a funnel, but taking it to another level is the big thing. So can you kind of walk us through 
how you started playing around with it, and then into what is this habit-based funnel that you came up with and, and identified? Yeah. So I'm a naturally curious person. Um, my mom always says like, I was the kid that was like, why, what if, how so? Like I, I always ask questions whenever I'm in like a mastermind situation or group coaching situation, I always am like the person that's like, well, I want to know more about that. So I naturally do that. That's just kind of how I am. Um, so, you know, when working with clients and with my own experience with funnels and really trying to like automate the sales process, or really trying to automate the no like and trust factor and then the sales process, I was like, okay, one of the main objections that most people have when it comes to email funnels is that they don't want to seem robotic or slimy or sleazy. And I just want to say like, first and foremost, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast, if you're in Megan's network is slimy or sleazy or robotic. So I think that's like a mindset thing you got to get over first off. I think automation and email funnels is a freaking fantastic move for really busy mom entrepreneurs, because it doesn't require you to launch. It's essentially a custom launch for the person inside of this funnel. So I think you need to like wrap your head around that first. The second thing I think you need to think about. And the second thing I was hearing was that I don't want to, like, we've all been in a bad funnel, right? We've all been in a funnel where you get pitched program. You're like, I have no idea what this freaking thing is. And then you get a hundred emails and you're like, Again, no idea what this is. So it's weird for you as the person on the other end, you may get like, like, let's say the pitch email starts on like a Thursday and you're off on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And so you open up your email on Monday, you have like a hundred emails and you're like, I don't know what this is. Like, ah. <laughs> so that makes you feel weird. That doesn't work. And nobody wants to be that, that person, that business owner sending out all those emails. So I was like, how can I you know, somehow qualify someone for the pitch. Like, what does that look like inside of an email funnel? Is there a feature an automation? Is there a hack? Is there like a zap I can hook up so that when people do something inside of the funnel to qualify themselves for the pitch, it like opens up the pitch sequence. And I stumbled across most email CRMs, at least the good ones, not the free ones, the ones you pay for, uh, have some sort of built-in automation where like, if someone clicks on something, they can get like removed. It's like a trigger, right? So they can get removed from a sequence from an email funnel and put into another funnel. So I was like, Oh, okay. What does that look like? So then I learned about video sales letters. I learned, you know, about a couple of different video strategies that can make selling more heart centered. So what I encourage our six figure mom promoter method members to create and what I teach inside of that program is having this trigger and many triggers, but this is like the main trigger, having a trigger to make it so that when someone consumes that piece of content, they are identifying like, yes, I have the pain point and yeah, I want to solve it because you can't pitch to someone that doesn't have the pain point your program solves. And you can't pitch to someone who doesn't want to solve it. They may have the pain point, they, but they have to, able, they have to want to actually do something with it and about it. So by consuming that piece of content and kind of gets them to raise their digital hand and say, yeah, I actually do want to do something about it. And inside that piece of content, you talk about how to solve it. And then you say, hey, if you really want to go faster, quicker, less stress, all the, whatever the thing is that your program teaches, I have this amazing program for you. And then it puts them into a pitch sequence. And now they're qualified for the pitch because they have the pain point, they want to solve it, and they now know about your program. So you're not sending them through a pitch sequence that's like, teaching them all about the program, you've done that in that piece of content. So your pitch sequence can just be, you don't have to like um, get over that education hurdle. It's already been done through that piece of content. So the pitch sequence allows for you to just straight up pitch 
debunk those objections, invite them to join you and invite them to uh, solve their pain point. It's absolutely genius what you do. And I think it's so important because we all know what that's like. It's like, oh, this person's launching again. And like, here are 10 emails. And while there is the popping into somebody's email inbox and sure. just seeing them, you are top of mind. So there, there is yeah. that, but then there's the times where you're like, especially when it's somebody new, delete, 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 and then unsubscribe because I'm just over it. And so it's a missed right. opportunity for both people because maybe that person could serve you, but it's just the way things are being delivered that you're like, I need to opt out of this nonsense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it's really interesting that you said the qualify, because I know that we all know about where a person is in their customer journey. And I remember with my personal styling days, Colin and I always used to be like the people who would convert so easily and who I loved working with were the people who would Google personal stylist in my area. I would come up. They knew they were ready. They were like problem aware. They were solution ready. They'd click, we'd book a call. And as soon as we got on a call, pretty much it'd be a fit. And it's, it was done. And so it's like, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. But we were like, well, how do we do more of that? And, you know, life and business has evolved since then. But it, you're doing that in this digital space when somebody consumes something else of yours or comes across you, then you can do that, that qualify of essentially that Google search, but within your world. I think it's so, so smart. And I'm curious to know from you when you've been working with clients and you put this into place, talk to us about the conversion rate change from when they were sending you know, typical launch emails or what, however they were supporting people before. And then they put these funnels in place where you're qualifying the leads. What does that conversion and increase look like? Yeah. I've had clients go from like a 1% conversion rate to like a 10% conversion rate. Wow. And it makes it a lot easier to scale your business when you have those sorts of numbers because you know, okay, I think like, let's backtrack all the way. So like, let's say you're running Facebook ads to get people into that funnel. Let's say you're spending I don't know, $4 an email address. And so that's $400 to get hundred people in. Let's say your price point for your program is $500. You're only making a hundred bucks after, at the end of the day, which is fine. You're at least profitable. So that's good. So, you know, if you want to make $500, you're going to spend however much money that is uh, to make $500, right? Mm-hmm. When you can get a higher conversion rate for your $400 and it's a 10% conversion rate and it's $500 that is more money. Yeah. <laughs> more money. We can leave it at that. I am not a math person either. So I'm like, I'm just going to shake my head, whatever. We know it's more, right? You make more. It's significantly more. It's significantly yeah. more. And so it makes your business scalable because if you're doing automated lead gen, like Facebook ads, you're not doing it. You're just maintaining it. You're setting it up and letting the wonderful internet do its work. Um, it, it, it gets you out of that live launching, right? So you don't have to live launch. The thing that a lot of mompreneurs fall in the trap of is having to live launch. And I don't know about you, Megan, but live launching while great and awesome stresses me out sometimes because inevitably, inevitably life happens. Someone has to come home on quarantine. Someone gets sick, you get sick. And just life comes at you, I think sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so- for a lot of mompreneurs, especially like in the summertime, I know this is a big stressor for a lot of women in our networks. Like business can be hard in the summer because you've got two kids. You don't want them to have a terrible summer. You want to have a good summer. You want to like enjoy them. <laughs> and it offers up a really smart solution. And so I always approach like, I want your money. I want the people coming to you. I want your business to grow through a funnel. 
if you want a live launch, that's cool. And that's great. And that's like a nice bonus, but we don't want to have to depend on the live launch to grow our businesses. We want to have these smart systems in place. So their business is sustainable and scalable. And one of my big goals is to be able to sell my business one day and have, you know, someone else take it and bring it to the next level. But this makes it so that you have these things in place for them to come along and be like, okay, this works. And it makes it more sellable. Mm-hmm. It's so smart. And I love that we brought it back to that sustainable piece because I mean, you, you experience burnout yourself, you know what that's like, and instead you're keeping the flow even. And then the cherry on top is if you want to launch on top of that, cool, do it. And if you don't, and you want to have this thing doing it for you, that's cool too. And you can live life yeah. and you can put that, put more pressure on the gas pedal or however you want to view it whenever you want, but at least you're not depending on the launches. I think that that is so smart. And so I'm curious to know too, you were saying you might already be doing ads or things like that. And all of my listeners are more established, but I'm curious who is best poised for success for doing this habit-based funnels. What are some things that they should have worked out, you know, a certain amount of, um, like validity in their offer or, you know, what, what certain things should they have in place to know that like, this is now the time to up-level. Yeah. You need to have an offer, an existing offer. So clarity around what that looks like and what that is. I would recommend you have at least launched it, maybe live launched it, uh, at least one time so that you have some sort of understanding as to what works and what doesn't. And if it's only what doesn't, that's cool. We can work with that, but yeah, that's kind of where you're at. And you also need to be ready to lean into some tech. And I know everyone gets like super freaked out by the idea of tech, but the reality of the situation is you own an online business. You need to learn to tech. And something that I am very good at is making things simple because of my teaching background. So I walk our members through very simple, low tech, and I don't have a lot of tech in my business. I don't teach a lot of tech. I just teach very specific types of tech and making sure that those, those systems and those tools that you have in your business are actually working for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's just good for everybody to know, listening, like you are probably already poised in a space to up-level into this habit-based system. So just hearing that you can pass go now, now you can do this amazing stuff that we're going to be talking about. I'm curious though, cause you mentioned you don't have a lot of tech and I know that is something that people struggle with. And I was curious what your favorite platform is to get this done. Cause I know there's so many out there and I've tried gosh, so many. So I'm curious to know, do you have a favorite? Yeah, I use ConvertKit. You can use ActiveCampaign. You cannot use MailChimp. You cannot use Flowdesk. Not because they're bad email CRMs. They just don't work for this. So it needs to be like the kind of next level email CRMs. But also ActiveCampaign and ConvertKit have made things so easy nowadays. Um, It is actually very easy to set up and and pretty simple to figure out. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about timing on that. I mean, obviously with your help, things get done so much faster because you have it systematized and templated out, but how long do you typically see it take from, okay, I've committed, I'm going to update and up-level this system and move it over into something where it has these multiple parts to it. Is it a couple of weeks you can get it done? And obviously it depends on how quickly the person's ready to work, but talk about how quickly you see stuff getting up and running and get results. It all really depends on the person. So I've had people get this done in a month. I've had people get this done in three months inside of my program. It's a six month program. 
it used to be a three month, but what we do is the first three months are setting the system up. So it is a little bit of a slower pace. Um, and then the second three months are like scaling implementation, like doing the thing. Um, but again, I've had students go, they've, they've compressed the timeline. So the first one month is I'm setting everything up and the last five months is scaling and growing and all of that. So it's really like how fast do you want to run? And I always say to my clients, I will walk next to them. I will jog next to them. I will sprint next to them. So it's how bad and how fast do you want to make it happen for yourself? So, so smart. So let's talk about in addition to that, the current group, because a lot of this is based more on, and I, and I know it can also flow into who you currently have in your world, but right now I think our minds are probably around, like I get somebody into my world for a freebie for a first time. I start to nurture them. I have the clickable thing that would then pre-qualify them if they consume that content and then it would move Mm -hmm. into the sale. But what about the people who are already on our list? How do you implement this system to them? In addition to probably your consistent content, I know you've got a podcast, I've got a podcast. So we're even emailing them consistently. So then is that where the cherry on top of live comes in? Or how do you view that to nurture and convert those people who are already in our world, but haven't converted before? Yeah, you can do one of two things. So you could either say to yourself, okay, the people on my list, ideally the people who are on your list have come through that lead magnet and have gone through that funnel. So ideally in a perfect world, they know about your program because they've gone through the pitch sequence. Now you could roll them over onto your mailing list. And then anytime you do a live launch, they get promotions for it. And then they get put into another funnel for the program. So you can do that. You could just open the cart to them every now and then, like every quarter, like, Hey, cards open thousand dollars off or whatever you want to offer for your, your offer. Um, or anytime you create a new funnel, you could offer it up to them. So I just think of it as like different ways to get to the end. So what are the ways that number one work for you? And what are the ways number two that would work for them? Sometimes people just need more time with you before they buy. Um, And that's okay too. So having different avenues for them to get into a funnel or into an event uh, can be a really smart choice to move them from fan or consumer to client. That opens up the question of evergreen versus open and close cart. Do you have yeah. a, a school of thought there? Do you see this work no matter where you fall into that space? Yeah, I, I had both models and I work with clients that have both models. So the pro of the open and closed cart situation where your program's not always open is that you have a lot of hype around your offer. So when you open it, it's a big freaking deal. It only happens three times a year or whatever. So there's that. I think with that, it puts you in feast or famine, which I am not a fan of. So you have to have these really big launches to sustain you, your business and your family over the next four months or three months or whatever it is. So while that works for some people, I am not a huge fan of it. And I don't have that anymore in my business. What I have in my business and how some of my six figure mompreneur method members have is the cart's always open for the program. So like you can go on my site right now and buy into my program and that's great. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do like a live launch or a funnel launch, I offer something in addition to that. So it might be like a thousand dollar off offer or a bonus of whatever the, the done for you funnel, whatever the bonus I want it to be. So it just, it doesn't, it still creates that scarcity. So like the offer will expire or the bonus will expire on whatever day or however many days. Um, so there's that to get them in, but I like the evergreen. I like to always open because when someone comes to me and they're ready to buy, I want to be able to give them something. And mm-hmm. so like 
yeah, why, why make them wait six months or three months to get in when I can just give it to them now. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm the same way too. Like, I, I think a lot of us have become that way with, you know, Amazon yeah. prime being able to deliver someday sometimes. And you're like, oh, this is the best day ever. I get this thing. And so I, I sometimes can get frustrated when it's like, I really want this thing and I really need this help and I'm ready for it right now. And then I can't get it. Well, now what do I yeah. do now? I feel lost. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it's a, a place of service, depending on what you do for your business. But for me, that's, that's something I think about too. Um, you've mentioned a live launch and that you have a funnel launch. Talk to me about the funnel launch. Can you put some definition around that and what you mean by that? Oh yeah. The funnel launch is just the the funnel. So anytime someone is inside of the funnel, theoretically it's a, it's a custom to them launch. So that's what I mean by funnel launch. Got it. And then when you do your live launches, I know you have been doing and leading into different types of events. And so you do some type of event and that also helps pre-qualify the people who have signed up and said, Oh, I'm interested in this. And then that's what you do off the back end is then you're doing your actual launch again, or the discount or whatever it is on your, your program. Yes. So I'll either after I, let's say I do a summit, um, I'll offer the attendees in the summit, my lead magnets. Mm-hmm. And then that puts them into the funnel launch, mm-hmm. or I'll do like a, an event two ish weeks after the summit ends. Um, mm-hmm. that'll again, put them into a sequence for the program also. Mm-hmm. So, so smart. And I'm curious to know, have you tried to, and I'd like to know the comparison can, and the contrast to doing your live event and then just going into the pitch afterwards solely because they signed up versus I think it was interesting that you said you gave them another freebie afterwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you be able to speak to that? Have you tried both and you just saw more results when you give them something else for free? Yeah, I've tried both. So earlier this year, I did an event that was hosted by myself and uh, the last day, you know, teach, 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 and then opened up the cart for the program. And that worked. That was great. It was just a lot. (laughs) It was a lot because I went from promoting the event to promoting the VIP bundle to teaching and then opening the cart. It was just like a lot in a two week or maybe like a three week time period. Um, I just wrapped up an event at a summit earlier. Was that earlier this week? That seems so yeah. long ago. Yeah. A couple of earlier this week. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. It seems like it was five weeks ago. Maybe. So that one though was co-hosted. So <laughs> I didn't feel right. And we agreed to this, me and the co-host agreed to this, um, that we wouldn't actually pitch during the summit after the summit whatever we want to do is cool. So mm-hmm. I offered up two ways to get into my world because they were already there, but two ways to kind of add more value. So one was my traditional lead magnet that put them in the funnel. And then the other was a live event I have that's happening on Monday or that starts on Monday. Mm-hmm. So it just was, I was like, how can I like serve them better? How can I help them get to know me? Cause the thing about a summit is that they are learn from a lot of different people. So how can I like turn the attention back to my business. Mm-hmm. And so that's just what I landed on for those situations. I think both work. I think they both have pros. I think they both have cons. Um, again, I think it just goes back to like, what do you want to do? What's your energy level? How are you feeling? Um, and what are you capable of doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to hear. Cause I think sometimes we get so excited or I know I included can be so excited to a share what I have to, to offer that solution, but then B it's like, all right. I'm ready. Like I'm ready. I'm ready for, for that service to come in. And so I think sometimes we forget that nurturing feels better when it is a little bit longer or, you know, it's really not that much time difference. It's what two weeks difference from the time. If you would have pitched them to the time of doing the event, giving them more value and then pitching them. So I think it's an interesting um, thing to think about of, of a timeline 
think yeah. we get caught in our timing. Just like we said, now, what, what day is it? What week is it? We forget, we forget how much time has or has not passed. And then we get worried about, I don't know, different things of when, when we're doing what. So it's so helpful to hear that. Nelson, this has been so insightful. I know everybody listening is going to be like, I need to learn about this habit-based funnel. It is life-changing. It is so genius and so smart. So can you tell everybody more of how they can find you, how they can take more steps, give us all the scoops so people can see firsthand what this funnel looks like? Yeah, I have a free resource. It's called the $80,000 email. And what it is, it's the email that brought in $80,000 in sales last year. So in it, I give you the actual email, I template it out for you. So you can use it inside of your funnel, inside of your open cart series. And then I also talk about the strategy behind it and why it's so effective. And Hey, it's a funnel. Once you go into that funnel, you will be in a habit-based email funnel. So you can see, Oh, this is how this works. This is how this moves. Um, and so you can experience the magic that is a habit-based funnel as well. I think it's so, so smart. You are amazing. If you are ready now, we can move into the rapid fire questions. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. So I have shared with everybody that the way that I have learned to mompreneur with a little bit more ease, I view it as the three S's. So you've got strategy, support, and self-care. And in my mind, they're like these three posts and I'm on the bridge above and these things keep me stable. Or when I'm off kilter and I'm like, what in the world is going on? I look to those and I can see that one of those cups is not filled back up. And so that's what I can do to bring myself back. So that's what these questions are wrapped around. And my first one for you is what is your favorite strategy to help you be more present and productive besides the habit-based email funnel that you just shared with us now? Being super intentional with my to-do list. I uh, can get really distracted very easily. Like it's ridiculous how distracted I can get. So making sure that my to-do list consists of activities that are actually going to move me closer to my goals. And this goes for like personal life and business life, because I think they're with a lot of us, they're kind of intertwined and a little messy. So like making sure that the things I'm actually doing actually matter. I think that's so important. I, you know, I'm all about being intentional and minimalist as well. And so minimalism is all, if it doesn't have purpose or joy, we don't need it. We don't need, we it. Don't need it, no. it here. And it can be so hard. A lot of the women lately in this season have been answering about like being intentional with putting your phone away and how many distractions that we can have that come up. And so I, I just love how we're all wrapping into that. There must be something going on in our worlds so that we're like, we just need to have some mm -hmm. space. That's yeah. It. Well, I, I think like the last two years have been uh, really stressful for most people. And I think with how social media has changed and all the stuff that's coming at us all the time, the digital world is great. It's awesome. Like it's how we connected. Like I'm so grateful for it, but at the same time, it can be a beast and it can chew you up and spit you out and be really brutal. So I think that a lot of people are really realizing there needs to be boundaries around how we consume and how we do and an intention and all of that, because I think that we, um, got really off kilter for a little while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget. I know for me, at least in, in that space, I had a 18 month, well, at the time that COVID hit Jack was nine months. And that was the day we found out we were pregnant with Sophia. So like COVID life and newborn with young toddler Ooh. life is not really different. You know, like mm -hmm. Colin was already working from home. I was already working from home. We couldn't go anywhere anyways, because we had a newborn who was sleeping all the time and an 18 month old when Sophia was born, who was taking whatever one nap. And so, but you forget that there was so many other stressors on top of you. And just regardless of COVID, you know, new parent life is, is stressful. So I think it's been interesting to just reflect back on how 
tough the two years have been and how strong we've all gotten and how much we've learned in, in intentionality for sure as well. Um, so yeah. I'm, I appreciate that you shined a light on that. So then tell me what is the number one essential support you have that you cannot live without the Peloton. <laughs> I love it. Back I know to that sounds days. so ridiculous, but, uh, I, I'm the type of person has to move every single day. That's why I have the personal training business. And I've always been like that. Like ever since I was little, like always in sports, always doing something where I'm moving. My mom says, that's why I loved art was because it was like a way to like move <laughs> without <laughs> getting in trouble too much for it. Um, so yeah, mo- movement, it's, it's the number one support system. It, it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I feel better, I'm a better business owner. I'm a better mom. I'm a better human. And, uh, my husband will actually say to me, like, I'm grumpy. He'll be like, did you work out today? And usually it's like, no, he didn't. He's like, I need you to walk downstairs and go do your 20 minute workout. It's all you need. Just go do 20 minutes and then come back to me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You've no been thing. banished. You need to go work out yep. and then you can come back into this conversation. Yep. <laughs> and you're allowed back in the house. Okay, cool. I love it. Your version of timeout. So fun. Well, so then along those same lines, what is your go-to self-care activity when you have a little me time besides hopping on the Peloton? What else do you do? Which I already think I have. I know the answer based on the beginning of our conversation. (laughs) It was what I was late for. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what has happened to me, but when I turned to 37, I was like, you know what? I'm going to become a crazy plant lady. (laughs) So I have freaking plants everywhere. Like it's ridiculous. And I planted, this is so nerdy. I can't believe I'm talking about this, but I planted, uh, wildflowers in our front yard. I saw you show that on stories. Yeah. Yes. So I I did the seedlings and I did sunflower seedlings. Mm -hmm. Um, and now they're growing. So I planted them in the ground and I was like watering them this morning and I was six minutes late to our interview because of that. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't, I don't know what's happened to me. I also live like in the middle of uh, a city. So, uh, we don't have, well, we actually do have a lot of green space, but it's just like noise. I live on a hospital route. There's lots of ambulances all the time. Uh, I live right off of a major highway. So there's lots of noise. And so the plants, for some reason, I just really love them right now. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. It's so funny. Cause I've been thinking about what new self-care thing I want to do. And actually today at this recording, basically when, when we're done recording, we're actually going to see a new house that we're looking Ooh. to move. I know. So we'll see by the time this airs, we'll see if we're in it or we're moving to it. Um, but something that I've been thinking about in the new house, and we've talked about a couple of times is like the idea of a garden. And I've been thinking more and more to myself, I think I want to try that as like a new thing to master in self-care. And so it's funny how you, you are the same because we are so similar, but there's something about it, about just like the quiet and the stillness and the space Mm -hmm. and the growth. It just, I feel like it helps you be more grounded. So I know I'm interested in it as well. You're not the only crazy plant lady, (laughs) although I can't say that I'm one yet because I haven't done anything. You will be just wait till you're like 37 and everything's kind of happening. You're going to be like plants. Yes. That's my solution. I love it. All right. Last but not least, tell me your most stereotypical mompreneur story. Like think kids running through a zoom call with underwear on their heads. What is something funny that only us mompreneurs can be like, girl, we understand. We know. Yeah. So when March 13th, 2020 hit, it was when all the, everything shut down, right? It was Friday the 13th. I will never forget it. We got the email from the school and it was spring break. So they were my kids were coming or Camden was coming home for spring break. And we got the email saying, just kidding. You're not going to come back. You're going to at least stay home for at least 40 days until we see how this all levels out. And then two years later, he didn't still wasn't back in school, but, um, I had a zoom call that day 
And it was with my mastermind at the time I had a mastermind. And I remember I was like, not in a good spot. When I got on the call, I was like, holy crap, how are we going to do this? Like, how is this going to work? So I got on the call and there was another woman from Virginia. So she got the same email. And then there was a woman from like, she was from Ohio and I had Florida. And then I think I had California. Yeah. So like us mostly and like the borders of the U S and so we all were like, Holy crap. What's up? Like we all were just like freaking out. I'm supposed to be like the leader of this mastermind. And I was like, I can't lead you today. Like we just need to have like serious mom life talks right now. Like how are we going to make this happen? And so it was kind of like a cool moment in that we could all like really relate to each other. And I think everyone cried at some point and, uh, you know, it was, it was scary. We didn't know what was going on. COVID was like this thing that was killing a bunch of people. And then it was here and our schools were shutting down. Like it was a lot. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like a great moment, but it was kind of like this unifying thing. And I remember we left the call and we all were like, okay, we're going to figure this out. Like it's going to happen. We're going to be fine. We're safe. We have homes. Uh, we have supportive spouses. We have awesome kids. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to go through this together. And um, it was hard and weird and strange, but it was a good, a good moment. Kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. It gave me chills. <laughs> just, just yeah. that community in that sense. I think obviously that's what we all crave at the end of the day. And just knowing mm-hmm. that we're not alone and feeling seen and understood. And I can only imagine, because again, the kids were so little. So for me, it was just like, I was knew I was pregnant and just try not yeah. to get sick because who knows what's going to happen or what's going to happen. But yeah, it was just such a scary time of, okay, now we can't see anybody. And so to know that you could link arms with the women around you who know exactly where you're at, I think it's Mm -hmm. so, so key at all times of life, but especially at that moment. So yeah, gotta love it. Gotta love it. So glad that we're on the other side of it now too. Um, as so much bad. as we can be at this point. Kind of on <laughs> the time is just recording. Yes. My goodness. Uh, Allison, you're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your zone of genius because you truly are a genius at this. I so appreciate you. Everybody listening, everything Allison shared will be linked in the show notes so you can check out her habit-based email funnel and get that $80,000 email genius and see her on Instagram and all of the things. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Megan. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Want more? Make sure you subscribe and review so you don't miss a thing. Ready to become more self-assured and grounded and get that strategy, support, and self-care that you need to be the best mompreneur that you can be? Make sure you click the link below so that you can apply for our upcoming retreat.